turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, chapter number 9. Acts, chapter number 9. And I told you a few minutes ago, I want to talk to you today about you matter. I want you to just go ahead and turn and look at the person beside you and tell them, you matter. Now turn to the, the other person and tell them, you matter. Do you, do, do, do you ever feel insignificant? Do you ever feel like that what you do doesn't count? That nobody really notices or cares or uh, nobody notices you? Maybe you work on a job to where you don't get a lot of thanks. You get criticized. You get grabbed at. You get fussed at if you don't do it right. But when you do something right, nobody ever pats you on the back and says, good job. Huh? Maybe you're working in the home and you're raising children and doing laundry and cooking and or you don't get a, a whole lot of pats on the back and thank yous and praise. And, you know, being a mom sometimes is, is tough. Being a wife is tough. Being a husband's tough. Being a human being is tough. <laughs> Say, life is not fair. Well, listen, it's not about fair. It's about favor. Oh, I'd much rather have favor than have fair. Because you are today, I want to tell you, you matter to God. Maybe you don't get a lot of praise and thanks here, but I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, you are important. Who you are, what you are, your assignment, what God has called you to do, you matter to God. Nothing has escaped God. He knows you. He created you in your mother's womb. He knew you. He formed you. And He called you by name. And since that moment, He has been keeping up with the number of hairs on your head. Some of y'all keep God quite busy. Having to count and recount. Not a sparrow falls that He doesn't see it. Nothing happens that escapes God. Why? Because you matter to God. And because you matter, He does some stuff. And that's what we want to talk about today. Because you matter to God. That's why we say, well, why, why should I believe that God will meet all of my needs? Do we believe that God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches in glory? Do we believe that? If so, why do I believe that? He does it because I matter. Somebody say, I matter to God. And because I matter, God wants to heal me. God wants to, He sees the good that I do. And He hears my prayer. That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. So God will meet your need, not because you deserve it, but because He loves you. Do you, now I, I know y'all never do this, but do you ever give things to your children they don't deserve? Do you still bless your kids even when they complain? Do you still love them even when they're disobedient? No, because it's not a matter of what they deserve. It matters because you love them. And you want the best for them. 
And so God will meet your need, and not because you deserve it, but because He loves you, and because you matter to God, He wants to heal your hurts. Do you have any hurts today? I'm not talking about aches and pains. We all have those, don't we? You know, you, 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 you exercise, you work on your job, you, you do something, whatever. You know, you just, you, you, you turn wrong, you sit wrong, you sleep wrong. And the older you get, the more you ache. Things just are not the way they used to be. And what, you know what, but that, none of that matters, none of that counts. It's not, but yeah, I'm not talking about that kind of hurt. You just got to, you know, a, a, a little rest, a little ibuprofen, you'll be all right kind of hurts I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hurts in your heart, the hurts in your mind. He'll take care of those physical hurts too. We already said that. By His stripes we're healed. I'm talking about those inside hurts, those emotional hurts, those spiritual hurts. He is the healer of the brokenhearted. You ever have your heart broke? Anybody ever do you wrong? Anybody ever lie on you, cheat on you, steal from you? And those hurts are deep, especially when it's somebody close to you. Especially when it's a church member, a family member, a friend, a co-worker. Somebody that was supposed to have your back, not stab you in it. Those are the hurts that he wants to heal. And we want to talk a little bit about that. I want, let's just uh, jump into our story here. We're talking about Peter. Uh, we're in Acts chapter 9. And let's just start reading in verse number uh, 32. Now I'm, I'm reading from the New Living today. And uh, so just very simple. Meanwhile... Peter traveled from place to place. He came down to visit the believers in the town of uh, Elida. And there he met a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed, bedridden for eight years. Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa. Now I tell you what, I'm going to stop right there. We'll, we'll get that in just a minute. So here Peter is, uh, uh, things have kind of calmed down a little bit. Peter's been able to come out of hiding. He's beginning to do his work. He is kind of traveling around. He's been in Judea and Galilee and Samaria. And now he goes and he visits uh, this town uh, of Lydda. Lydda is about 24 miles uh, uh, northwest of Jerusalem. It's on the road to Joppa. And uh, so he's there and he's ministering. And he meets a man. And he meets a family. He meets some believers. How did they become believers? Was it from Pentecost that he became they believed? Was it from the, the Jews that were persecuted that fled this 24 miles? We don't know how the gospel came to them or how they received it, but they did. And there were believers there. And so when Peter got there, he met this man who was paralyzed. Now, we don't know why he was paralyzed. Did he have a disease? Did he have a stroke? Did he? We don't know. It doesn't say. But medical uh, wasn't able to help him. The doctors couldn't fix him. He had been paralyzed for eight years. But Peter had good news. How many likes good news? Ooh, I like good news. And it's good news when somebody tells you what's going on in your life matters to somebody. You know, when you have a problem, isn't it the biggest thing in the world? Have you ever known somebody that had a problem and you didn't think it was a big deal? 
But then when you have a problem, even though it's not as big a deal as they had, it's the biggest thing in the world. You know why? Because it's yours. When things happen to you, it's a big deal. And it, it makes you upset. It makes you mad when people don't take you serious. Doesn't it? Huh? When you have a problem and you tell somebody, and they say, well, you just need to get over it. <laughs> well, that's easy for you to say. But it matters. And so Peter comes and he, he sees this guy and he knows he wants to tell him it matters what you're going through. And there is an answer to your problem. Don't just give me another problem on top of my problem. Give me a solution to my problem. Give me an answer. Give me good news. And so here Peter comes and he's visited the town. He's met the man. He's paralyzed, bedridden. Peter looks at him. And I want you to read it because I just want you to see and to hear what Peter says. Peter says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Simple. To the point. I'm here to declare to you today, Jesus Christ heals you. Right now. Work is done. Now, what are you going to do in response to that word? Okay, I'm healed. How do you know you're healed? You know, Brother Philip, we're going to be in revival in August with Brother Philip, and he, he's big on do something you couldn't do. If God heals you, how are you going to know you're healed? And you're not going to know it until you put action to that faith. Faith without works is? So Peter didn't just say, Jesus Christ heals you. He said, now I want you to put some faith into action. And he said, get up. Look at your neighbor and say, get up. Jesus Christ heals you. But it's time for you to get up. It's not time to be down. It's not time to continue to complain and gripe and fuss and say, I've been this way for eight years or ever how many years. It's time to get up. Because Jesus Christ heals you. And He heals you because you matter. And He heals you because He loves you. He declared unto Him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up. Roll up your mat. Ooh, you remember when Jesus healed the, the man? And he told him the same thing. Get up. Take, get your mat up. And start walking. And the same thing. Hey, don't you recognize? And instantly, Jesus healed the man. Peter didn't heal the man. When you pray for somebody, I mean, he said that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But we don't take the glory for it. It's Jesus that does the work. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Amen? He said, get up. Roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed 
instantly. Listen, as you begin to respond to the gift, as you begin to love on people, as you begin to tell people they matter, as you begin to go and speak into people's need and tell them, come on, get out of that situation. Get out of that circumstance. Amen. Stop laying around on your sick mat. Stop laying around on the mully grubs. Stop. Amen. Reliving. Get up and be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Because that healing is not just for you. It's not just for them. But, I mean, it's for the believers. So now then, that brings faith to those. And it brings faith to the non-believers. So now that all the people, not only in Lida, but Sharon, they all saw. They knew this guy. They'd seen him for eight years. They knew who he was. And now then, he gets up. And people see him walking. And the Bible says, they come to the Lord. Oh, can I tell you your miracle can help somebody else get their miracle. When you get up, you can help somebody else get up. People are watching you. They're looking at you. Amen. And when our faith amen, reaches out and touches the throne of God, amen, when Jesus does something in us, you can't help but tell somebody about it. And because of what He has done in me, amen, I can share it with others, and other people see what God has done in me, and they want to get up too. So revival broke out all over the place. You know, it was Smith Wigglesworth, when I was in... In Bible college, I, I lived in the uh, Wigglesworth building. That building was named after him. And I tell you what, we had some powerful prayer meetings. They're a man of prayer. But here's what he said. He said, the master does not want us to reason things out. For carnal reasoning will always land us in a bog of unbelief. He wants us to simply obey. You see, when, when Peter told that man, get up. Oh, see, it's easy when somebody says, Jesus Christ has healed you. And you go, Whoa, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But then when they say, get up, it's when the excuses kick in. But, 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 but hang on just a second. You don't understand, I've been laying on this mat for eight years. What you don't understand is I was injured. I was hurt. I, I've been paralyzed. My legs don't work. I have a problem. Now, was it legitimate? Absolutely. But you can continue to use that excuse even though the word has come to you, Jesus Christ has healed you. You can continue to say, I can't. It's impossible. I've been here a long time. This is comfortable. It's what I know. Or you can obey the word. You can receive the word. And you can put your faith into action. And he just didn't hear the word get up. He had to do it himself. And when he put his faith into action, amen, he was able to stand. And when we, when we try to reason things out, when we try to lay there and go, now, is that really true? You can talk yourself out of your miracle. I'm telling you, the devil will talk you out of it before you get to the parking lot. But you've got to get up, take up your bed, and walk. Because your story, your life, your miracle, amen, can change all those around you. So now revival has broke out, and uh, things are awesome.
See, as you've received God's healing, receiving healing requires obeying the Word of God. In uh, James chapter uh, 5, verse 14, it says, Any sick among you, call the elders of the church. That's what we did a while ago. Anoint them with oil. I anointed Sister uh, Cindy with oil. She's having a back surgery on Tuesday. They're going to go in the front and go in to her spine and, and, and work on that and do back surgery. Well, we, we obeyed the Word this morning. I anointed her with oil. I prayed the prayer of faith. What's the prayer of faith? We said the Lord's able to do it. Oh, I believe that He is able, more than able. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He is able. We prayed the prayer of faith. And uh, in the name of... Such a prayer is offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. But so many times we are sick, but we won't tell nobody. We're going through trouble and struggles, but we're not going to call for the elders. We don't want nobody laying hands on us and knowing us at all. Listen, if you, don't, if you are not willing, amen, to obey the Word of God, if you're not willing to be obedient... Amen, you're not going to step into your miracle. So the fact is, I mean, Peter was able to write on, uh, quoting Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes you were healed. Are you willing to pray for your healing? Are you willing to go and allow somebody to pray for you? Are you willing to believe that God will heal you? Are you willing to confess your sins and allow God to forgive them? Listen, if you can believe for a miracle, if you can pray for a miracle, if you can reach out for a miracle, God will deliver a miracle. But when you hear the word, Christ has healed you, you've got to be willing to stand up. Amen? you got to stand up. And because you matter to God, He sees the good things you do. As we pick up the story, chapter number 36, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda. So they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. Oh, I want to tell you today that God sees the things you do. You know, sometimes we use that in a bad connotation. If we're not careful, we, put, we can put a real uh, 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 fear on kids. God's watching you. There's an all-seeing eye watching you. And we just think that God sees everything bad we do. God sees whatever. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God's watching all the good stuff you do too. He's keeping a record. He's keeping a count. The Bible says you can't even give a cup of cold water that he doesn't reward you for it. The tears you cry in prayer, he bottles up. Your prayers are heard. They're reserved. Listen, everything you do, amen, when you bless someone, encourage someone, give to someone, young people, college group, when y'all were out there working this week, amen, God saw that. He'll reward you, not just with the monetary that you receive, but when you go and you bless others, when you give of yourself, God will bless that. So here, this little lady, Tabitha, Dorcas, her her name uh, means gazelle, 
And it, it just, uh, which is a symbol of, of gracefulness. Here was this sweet, graceful lady there that lived at Joppa. And she loved to do kind things and bless people. And she made things for the widows. And she took care of people. And she had a wonderful ministry and people loved her. But one day, something bad happened to her. She got sick. How many of those bad things happened to good people? And we don't know why. But here, she got sick and she died. And so they got her body and they washed it and they got her ready for burial. But they didn't bury her. They said, hey, we got another idea. We heard, see, when you do good stuff, word travels. When you do bad stuff, it goes on Facebook. (laughs) And it travels even faster. But Peter is doing good. And listen, when you do something, when Peter stepped up to that man and he said, Jesus Christ heals you, and he got up and he was healed, and then people all around heard about it and they came to the Lord, now then word has come to Joppa. Joppa is a Mediterranean sea coast. Uh, it's a, a coast port. It's about 11 miles from Lydia or Lydda. Lydda is about 24 miles from Jerusalem. Joppa's 11 miles from there. So how many knows word can spread 11 miles pretty quick? They said, hey, we heard that Peter healed that man. I wonder what he can do with our friend Dorcas. And they said, let's don't bury her quiet yet. Let's just get her, let's just lay her here. And they said, go down and send two men to Peter and beg him to come. How many said that, that was serious, wasn't it? They didn't say, hey, won't you go down there and check and see if Peter's busy, if he might have a chance when he gets time, if he might could come. He, they, they said, go beg him. You got to come. We need this. This is a serious situation. And so Peter comes. And uh, he finds uh, these widows, they're crying. We're going to talk about that. Let's just look at verse number 39. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him upstairs to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Now, let's just get this picture. Here's a little lady that did good. She was kind. She made clothes for her. Now, in back then, it is a responsibility of the church to take care of the widows. It's very important. Don't always do it as well now as they did in the first church. And they, they took it serious. Back then, when someone died, I mean, sometimes the family, they had nobody to take care of them. So these widows, now they, were, they could have been crying for several reasons. Number one, they lost their friend. Number two, they lost the one who had been taking care of them. She'd been making them coats and making them clothes. And and they're thinking, now now who's going to take care of us? Nobody else has been doing anything. Here's the one that loved us and been taking care of us. And now they're gone. And so they they, they had all kind of emotions going on. And Peter saw that. You know, the Bible says to weep with those who weep. When somebody is in trouble, when somebody's hurting, it's good just to cry with them a little bit. But you can't let their sorrow and their pity and their pro- affect your faith. 
hey, I mean, it's one thing to, to, to love on them and to understand them and to be there with them, but there comes a time, amen, when you've got to say, it's time for you to leave the room. So Peter put them all out. And then he did something. He knelt down and he prayed. In just a moment, that's our last point. God hears your prayer. He's concerned about you. So Peter kneels down and Peter prays because prayer matters to God. How many of those prayer changes things? You see, Peter had made himself available to the Holy Spirit. Peter had said, yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. When the Holy Spirit filled him, amen, Peter got up and preached. And people, the same Peter that denied him, the same Peter that fussed and cussed, amen, is now the Peter, amen, whose shadow is falling on people and they're being healed. Amen, how, what can make a difference in your life? Just making yourself available to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, fill me. I'm a willing vessel. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be who you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. I'm available. Peter had made himself available, and now then miracles are flowing through him, but he still knows the source of his strength. He had been with Jesus. He saw Jesus. Jesus didn't go from miracle to miracle to miracle to miracle. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer and miracles just happened in between. As me and Amy, we just came back from Israel, the Holy Land. We, I mean, we, we went to all those places where Jesus went away to pray. He got along with the Father. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And then when you walk out of that place of prayer and you walk out of that relationship and you walk out, amen, you're able to speak what the Father speaks and, what he, and do what the Father does. You're His hands extended and you're able to go and do what He's called you to do because you're in relationship. And so Peter knelt down and he prayed. And then, look what happened. Look at verse number... Let's start in verse 40. But Peter asked them to leave the room and he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them alive. Now, What did he tell the man who had been laying on the bed for eight years after he said, Jesus Christ heals you? Get up. He told Tabitha, Tabitha's laying there dead, and he gets down and he prays. And then he says, Tabitha, get up. And Tabitha opened her mouth. Opened her mouth. She opened her eyes. She probably opened her mouth too. I've preached a lot of funerals. But as of yet, I haven't told the person in that coffin to get up. Man, I want to, though. Yeah. You know, they, they asked that they asked the guy they talking about 
you know, when after you die, whatever. And they asked this one guy, they said, hey, when people come around your casket and look at you, what do you want them to say? He said, I want them to say, hey, he's moving. <laughs> That's what I want them to say. He's alive. Woo! But you know what would happen today? If you was at a funeral and somebody said, hey, get up, and they set up, the whole church would clear out. You'd be gone. Peter said, Tapitha, get up. She got up and he, he presented her to the believers. Now, you think word spread about the man getting up off his mat. How do you think word spread about Tabitha getting up off her deathbed? You see, when you begin to do something, when, and just like David killed the lion and the bear and then he killed Goliath. I'm telling you, here, here Peter had already been doing some things. He had never healed anybody yet, but he was with Jesus when Jesus put everybody out of Jairus' daughter and he prayed. He knew about it, but you know what? Sometimes you see what Jesus did, but you hadn't done it yourself, but you just got to step out by faith. Amen. Peter got down and he prayed and he said, Lord, I know you did it and I know you told me greater things than these shall we do in your name. So if you can do it, I can do it. Get up. And she got up. So listen. Let your good deeds shine. Let, your, let what you do. Lydia, she did good deeds. Now, there's some folks that when they die, there's nobody trying to raise them from the dead. They're glad that they're gone. But if you'll do good works, if you'll love people, if you'll supply needs, if you'll do kindness wherever you go, when you die, people won't want you to be gone. And they're going to want to try to figure out a way to bring you back. Amen? So do good. Listen, doing good. You, you're not going to get to heaven on your good deeds, but you sure, sure will good a good... A... Can I start over? <laughs> Edit that out before you put it on the internet. Good deeds will not get you to heaven. But good deeds will get you a good reputation on earth. The Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And you're not going to get a good name if you're mean as a snake. Listen, you say, well, I was saved by grace. Well, yeah, but that don't give you a right to be mean to folks. The ones who Jesus loved and died for, you've got to do some good deeds. Love some people. Be a blessing. And when you die, people will mourn you, and they'll be sad, and they'll want to find a way to bring you back. Amen? Let's finish this up. Because you matter to God, He hears your prayers. God hears your prayer. Don't think that your prayer doesn't count. People come to me all the time. They say, Pastor, you have a direct line to God. My line is no more direct than yours. When that veil was rent from the top to the bottom, He made access for all believers. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain help and strength in the time of need. Your prayer matters. Your prayer counts. And God hears your prayer. You've just got to believe it. You've got to have faith in it. So, 
Peter knelt and he prayed. Listen, there's no greater power in prayer. It's when you believe. So Peter turned, listen, when Peter put them all out, he, you, you got to get rid of the doubters and the powders. Sometimes you got to get negative people out of the way. You got to clear your mind. You got to clear the room and say, Lord, I got to get alone with you. We had a good prayer this morning up in the, in the youth room uh, with, with, with Pastor uh, Marcelo and Doris and George. And I mean, just at 8 30, the, the presence of the Lord was so strong there. And the presence of the Lord has been so strong here in worship all day. You can just kind of tell sometimes. He was already in the house early this morning. When you get down to pray, you just feel His presence. The Bible encourages us, amen, to ask, to call on the Lord, and He will answer. Amen? As we come to God and we pray, when we believe God, when we know that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, when we know that God not only hears, but He answers. When we know we're in relationship with God, prayer is just communication with God. Just talking to God, telling Him what we have need of. There was a, a, a little girl, and she was just down praying. She was so heartbroken. And uh, she was at the altar, and she was praying, and she was just weeping. She was crying so hard, she was just speechless. And she didn't know how to pray. And she remembered that her father told her, God knows your needs even before you pray. And He can answer even if you don't know what to ask for. So the little girl began to pray, and she just started praying the ABCs. And someone knelt down beside her, and they heard her, and they said, uh, you know, sweetheart, what, what are you doing? She said, I'm, I'm praying. They said, well, it just sounds like that you're just saying your ABCs. No, she was, just, she was just sobbing and weeping, and the little girl, she said, I'm praying to God from my heart. She said, God knows more about what I need than I do. And he can take all these letters and arrange them in just the right way to hear and answer my prayers. Amen? God can take care. You don't have to know. He said, when you don't know what to pray for, I mean, we intercede with intercession, with groanings that cannot be uttered. And then, amen, God knows the cry of your heart. He knows what you have need of, and He wants to fix them. Prayer matters to God. Your prayer matters to God because you matter to God. Matthew 6, 7 says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people and other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you have need of before you ask Him. He knows what you have need of. He loves you. He wants you to realize that your needs matter to Him. He wants you to know that everything you have and everything you are, you're dependent upon His love. and His. He wants you to love Him as much as He loves you. But, you know, that's impossible for us to ever love God more than we love Him. He loves us. It's, it's kind of like my wife. There's no way she'll ever love me as much as I love her. She tells me all the time, I love you. But I say, I love you more. No matter how much we love God, He loves us more. He wants us to love Him more. He longs for fellowship with us. Because He loves us, He'll answer our prayers. When your back's against the wall and you pray, God will answer. When you have nowhere else to go, pray and God will answer. 
When your hope seems gone, pray and God will answer. When you don't know what to ask for, ask the Holy Spirit to pray through you and He will answer. Can I get an amen? When you believe God to meet your needs, He will meet your needs. Not because you deserve it, but because you matter to Him. And because you matter to God, He wants to heal your hurts. He sees the good things you do. And He hears your prayer. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to Him. For he cares about you. King James Version says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. This morning, if you have a need, give that need to God. He'll feel that need. He will meet that need. He will declare to you, Jesus Christ heals you. Now, I declare to you, get No, really, I declare to you, get up. That's what <laughs> Brother Paul was the only one that got that. Woo! He jumped up in faith. I'll get up. I think he was just wanting me to be finished. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much that you love me. Thank you you love me when I'm unlovable. I don't deserve your love. But I thank you, it's not about what I deserve, it's about your favor. I thank you that you care for me. I matter to you. And Father, I pray that you would let your Holy Spirit right now flow out through this building and let every person here know that they matter. And because they matter, you heal their hurts. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have some hurts. I've been wounded. I've been hurt. And I've carried those hurts a long time. But today, I'm ready to be healed. Today, I'm ready to get up. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Right where you're at, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me that I'll be healed. Yes, I see those hands. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor... Oh, I know that God cares about me and I've done a lot of bad things and because I know God is a good God, He'll forgive me. But I want to do some good things. I'm ready to make my life count. I'm ready to make a difference. I'm ready to show some love and some kindness. Pray for me that I'll go about doing good wherever I go. Making a difference in those lives around me. Is that your desire? Just slip your hand up. I, I want to do good. I'm done with bad. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I know God cares for me and I matter and my prayers count. Maybe you've been feeling like God hadn't heard your prayer. And your prayers are not powerful. Or I'm here to tell you today, your prayers matter. You can pray the prayer of faith. You can tell people to get up. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You say, Pastor, I want to begin to pray powerful prayers. I want to pray life-changing prayers. I want to pray miracle prayers. I want my prayers to count. Oh, just throw your hand up. Yes, Jesus. Father, I thank you today all across this building today. 
you're doing miracles. For that one that's down, I declare to you, get up. For that one that's burdened, I declare, those burdens have to go. For those that have sinned, we confess our sins and those sins are forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to begin to do good. I pray that you'd begin to, as we challenge ourselves today, I'm going to refuse the evil and I'm going to do the good. I thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayer. Let your people begin to pray prayers of faith, prayers of challenge, prayers of change. That'll make a difference in those around them. Let their miracle bring about others' miracle. Let us spread the good news of the gospel. Let us change lives. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If I were to die today, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. But I want to. If that's you, just pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're God's Son, that you died on the cross for me. You rose again. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I ask Him to forgive me of all of my sins. Today, I give Jesus my life. Thank you for saving me, forgiving me. I declare I am born again in Jesus' name. Somebody shout with me. I matter. My life counts. My prayer counts. In Jesus' name. All just clap for joy, somebody. You may be seated. Sit for just a second. Where's Pastor Elias? There they are. They're, they're going to sing a song. I'm fixing to run back and change for real quickly. And we're fixing to baptize two wonderful folks that have given their heart to the Lord. And we're going to celebrate with them. And I will dismiss you from the baptistry.
man, he's walking on the water. Come along with me if you want to see this man walking on the water. Well, he can raise the dead from the grave, change the water and turn it into wine. And he can make the lame walk. He can make the donkey talk. He can open the eyes of the blind. Oh, let's all go down to the river. There's a man walking on the water. Come along with me. If you want to see this man walking on the water. Oh, and Jesus is the man at the river. Washing people's sins away. He can save the soul. If you give him control, be ready for the judgment day. Well, let's all go down to the river. There's a man, he's walking on the water. Come along with me. If you want to see that man walking on the water. Come on, guys, play it. Amen. We love this time, amen, of baptism. And, you know, baptism is just an outward confession of what Jesus has already done inside someone's heart. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. And so uh, today, uh, these guys are following the Lord in water baptism and just making their declaration of faith. So let's just pray and ask the Lord to just anoint these waters of baptism. Father, I thank you for what you have done in these hearts. And I thank you today as they follow you, Lord, they're making a public confession of their faith in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, as they go down in these waters, Lord, that they come up new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. Amen. This is Genesis Perez. And Genesis, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to follow him in water baptism? Upon your professional faith, well, let's all go down to the river. There's a man, he's walking on the water. Come along with me if you want to see that man walking on the water. Oh, Jesus is that man at the river, and he's washing people's sins away. He can save the soul if you give him control. Be ready for that judgment day. 
This is Joe Perez. And uh, Joe, you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. You want to follow him in water baptism? And he wants to make a declaration of faith today. God does answer prayers. Amen. <laughs> yes, he does. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's all go down to the river. There's a man. He's walking on the water. Come along with me. If you want to see that man walking on the water. Oh, come on. Let's all stand to our feet today. We're so glad that you're here. We love you. You matter to God and you matter to me. I love you. Thank you for being here today. Remember Wednesday night, our regular, our normal weekday service, youth, children, and adult right here at 7 o'clock. And we will see you next Sunday. Somebody tell me what next Sunday is. Father's Day. We've got a special gift for all of our fathers. So you come on out and be blessed. Amen. Where's Brother Jamie? See here? Right there. All right, real quickly while he's coming, I just want to extend a special invitation. We are having a special missions um, fundraiser Tuesday night here at the church at 6 o'clock, and it is Zumba. Has anybody ever done Zumba in here? It is just a fun exercise, and so um, I've been doing it for about three years, and it's very special and dear to my heart, but it's so awesome because it's $5 for each person that comes, and we are extending this to just the ladies and the girls in the youth group. You are more than welcome, but this is going to be such an awesome thing. We are going to be giving the money to um, a group that's going to Russia, and so if you just want to come exercise, even if you don't know any of the Zumba moves, that's fine. A lot of the ladies just march in place sometimes when they can't do the moves, but I promise you, you will leave with burning at least five, six, seven, sometimes 800 calories. And so just come out, move for Jesus, and help us send some missionaries to Russia. Damn. Okay, that's Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Also, there's extreme youth summer camps coming up. Uh, we have Discovery Camp June 25th through 28th. That's just a couple weeks away. Uh, the money is due today for Discovery Camp. So if you have not paid, please see Sister Chrissy or Brother Elias and uh, give them the cash for that. Also, Revolution Camp is coming up in July for the kids as well. Uh, we do have some birthdays and anniversaries uh, this week. Uh, first off, happy birthday today to Oscar Perdomo. Uh, tomorrow to Diana Aubrey, Juan David uh, Centeno, uh, Patricia Jones. Also, happy birthday to the 17th, uh, on the 17th to Christian Harris, and the 18th to Chelsea Ambergy. Uh, also, Colton Woodall and Wyatt Richardson on the 18th. And happy anniversary on the 19th. Oh, actually, I guess it's her birthday still as well. Uh, happy birthday on the 19th to Joe Rogers, uh, the 20th to Suzanne Gajor, uh, also Vita Ashby, and Nathan DeCampos. So everybody give them a round of applause. bunch of birthdays this week. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord cause his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. He said, put my name upon them and I'll bless them. So, Father, right now, I just put the name of Jesus on each person here in the church. I ask you to bless them this week. Keep them safe. Bring them back safely next week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.